Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to What on Middle Earth, the podcast where I, Georgina, hello, nice to meet you all, where I uh, work through Tolkien's works from the beginning, learn some things, talk about some things, discuss what's going on in this universe, and just give you a bit more background and context to Middle-earth, Arda, and all of the things within it. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the previous episodes, if you listened to them. If not, and you're joining me for the first time, welcome also. I'm always happy to see new people listening to the podcast. I'm still figuring this thing out as I go along, but uh, I'm sure there'll be a few different changes and to the format and how I do this uh, across time. But, you know, we're giving it a go. We're, we're having a shot at it, which is the main thing. So in the last episode, we were talking about the Valar of the Valaquenta of the Silmarillion, oh, of the Silmarillion, that is, um, and who they are, what spheres of influence they cover, which is some of my favourite stuff to talk about. I love myths and legends from various periods of history, various uh, cultures. So the gods of Arda and of Tolkien's world are just really, really interesting to me in general. So following on from that, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the lesser spirits. So previously in the last episode, we were talking about the Valar, who are the major spirits of uh, Iluvatar's thought. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about the Maya. It's going to be another quick run through of the Maya that we know of, at least, because as with the Valar, there are many. But most of them, we don't know the names um, or what they do or who they serve. We only know of a handful. So let's dive straight into it and see what we can uh, talk about here. So the the Valar? Nope, the Maya, <laughs> who are the lesser spirits of Arda. They are the Valar's servants and their helpers, and the number of them is not known to the elves. Remember, the Valaquenta is the reckoning of the Valar and the Maya um, from the eyes of the Eldar, who are the elves. As it says here, With the Valar came other spirits whose being also began before the world, of the same order as the Valar, but of less degree. These are the Maya the people of the Valar, and their servants and helpers. Their number is not known to the elves, and few have names in any of the tongues of the children of Iluvatar. For though it is otherwise in Aman, the Middle-earth, the Maya have seldom, in Middle-earth rather, the Maya have seldom appeared in form visible to elves and men. So we have a few different names here. Um, the most important ones that we're told of in the Valaquenta are Ilmare, who is a handmaid of Varda, who, if you remember from last week, is the queen of the stars and the wife of Manwe and very much beloved by the elves. She is the handmaid um, of Varda. And we also have Eonwe, who is the herald of Manwe. And as we know from the last episode, Manwe is the king of the Valar. He is the lord of the air and the birds, the sky, everything that exists in the air is his domain. So Aonwe is his herald and his banner bearer. 
Um, it says here, Eonwe, the banner bearer and herald of Manwe, whose might in arms is surpassed by none in Arda. But uh, aside from that, it also mentions that of all the Maya, Ose and Uinen are best known to the children of Iluvatar. But who are they exactly? Once again, they're married, Ose and Uinen. Ose is a vassal of Ulmo, who is, as we know, the lord of the water, the Valar who governs the oceans, the seas, all bodies of water on Middle-earth. And Ose loves the coasts, you know, where the water meets the land and laps up on the shore, isles, streams. And uh, he also loves the wind of Manwe and the way it creates storms from uh, the water. It even says here, he rejoices in the winds of Manwe, for in storm he delights and laughs amid the roaring of the waves. So he's a little bit chaotic, if we want to say that. He loves uh, the roiling of the oceans. And uh, I mean, I don't want to say he doesn't like the calm, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's all about the drama, you know. And then we have Uinen, who is the lady of the seas. And I love the way they describe her here. It says, his spouse is Uinen, the lady of the seas, whose hair lies spread through all waters under the sky. It's like her, her hair is the waves or the seaweed or the current, if you would like, that pushes and pulls you in um, under the water. All creatures she loves that live in the salt streams and all weeds that grow there. To her mariners cry, for she can lay calm upon the waves and she restrains the wildness of Ose. So where Ose is chaotic, as we were just saying um, a few minutes ago, Uinen is there to rein him in and stop him from getting too excited. Um, which, you know, for someone with that strong of a personality and a, that strong of a leaning towards chaos, you, know, you need a little balance, you know, this seems, this seems good to me. And uh, it's also worth noting here that uh, the the Numenorians, who once again we'll get to in another chapter, they are they are early early men who receive blessings from the Valar, but we'll get there later on. The Numenorians live in her protection, and they hold her in reverence equal to the Valar. So you know, as much as Maya are lesser spirits in terms of power and standing of the gods. That's not to say that uh, the beings of Middle-earth think so. You know, where, where the elves love Varda, who is the queen of the Valar, the Numenorians love Uinen, and uh, they revere her. They are a nation of mariners, which makes absolute sense based on what we've just heard. So there's an interesting section here where... They talk about Ose and Uinen and Melkor, of all things. And surprise, surprise, to absolutely nobody, Melkor hates the sea. <laughs> what doesn't he hate that was created by the Valar? I, I really don't know. Does he like anything apart from doom and gloom and darkness? Who knows? So Melkor hates the sea because he cannot subdue it. He can't bring it under his control. It is wild... It moves to its own, you know, its own desires, its own will, and he cannot restrain it. And for that reason, he wanted Ose, the Maya Ose, to be under his control. Um, which, if that ever happened, that would be 
quite a uh, quite a bad thing for the Valar, I would have thought, because knowing the chaos and the rage that we've just well, maybe rage is the wrong word, but knowing the chaos that Ose seems to love, bringing him under Melkor's influence could have been terrible. Maybe we would have had, you know, early world tsunamis for all we know with uh, with Ose under his control. Um, I think at this point, Ose actually had some leanings towards Melkor. Let's take a look at the section in the in the chapter here. Um, <clears throat> Melkor hated the sea, for he could not subdue it. It is said that in the making of Arda, he endeavoured to draw Ose to his allegiance, promising to him all the realm and power of Ulmo, if he would serve him. So it was that long ago there arose great tumults in the sea that wrought ruin to the lands. But, of course, <laughs> Uinen, at the prayer of Aule, restrained Ose and brought him before Ulmo, and he was pardoned and returned to his allegiance, to which he has remained faithful, for the most part, for the delight in violence has never wholly departed from him, and at times he will rage in his wilfulness without any command from Ulmo, his lord. So... Once again, his wife is like, no, stop this nonsense. You're not going with that guy. Clearly he's a bad idea. He's a bad influence. Get over here. Go back to Ulmo and all that stuff. And he learns, although he doesn't really have any of that rage leave him at any point. And uh, Ose is also loved by mar mariners. Both of them are. Um, and he's also loved by those who dwell on the shore. That is his domain as we mentioned earlier, you know, the lapping of the waves on the shore and where the water meets the land. But as much as they love him, they do not trust him, which I don't blame them personally, knowing his personality and, and that kind of thing. So he is uh, loved by many, trusted by few, <laughs> we can say. Another Maya, who is absolutely worth noting and who will 100% come up later on in uh, the Silmarillion, as I'm aware of it, is Melian. And she is a Maya who served both Vanna and Este. That is um, the Ever Young. Vanna, uh, Vanna, Vanna's the Ever Young, right? And now I'm looking back in my notes, like, which one is which? One is the Ever Young and one is the Dancer. No, I'm wrong. Este is the Healer. <laughs> I got it wrong. So, Melian uh, serves Vanna, the ever young, and Este, the healer. So she is very important, and I believe she is known as one of the most beautiful beings to ever live. Um, she will have quite a huge influence on the elves on Middle-earth later on, as we come into the first age of, of the world, but that's a story for another day. Right now, she dwells in Lorien, or she, you know, she did. She dwelt in Lorien, and she tends to the trees and the flowers. She's a gentle soul, gentle and very beautiful, and uh, she'll be very important later on in the story. We also have um, some interesting information here about a Maya called Olorin, who, if you know who Olorin is, maybe I won't spoil it. Maybe I'll leave that for, for later on. But Olorin is very wise. Olorin takes counsel from Nienna, 
who is the lady of grief, the lady of pity and hope. And he learns from her pity and patience. And he is a friend to all of the children of Iluvatar. He loves them all. Um, as I mentioned, he's also incredibly important. If you if you can think about it, and if you don't already know who Oloran is, let me know who you think it is, based on those on those criteria. So he takes counsel from Nienna. He is full of pity and patience, and he's a friend to all of the children of Iluvatar. Who do you think that might be? Let me know. All right, that was a quick rundown then. Very quick, even quicker than my Valar uh, podcast episode of some, an absolute handful of the of the Maya, of which there are many, uh, the most important ones that we should know about because they will be coming up later on uh, in the story. Um, for various reasons and in various situations. And I can't wait to talk about them all with you. There are, you know, there are stories that include Ose and uh, his dwelling on the shore and how that affects the migration of uh, some of the peoples of Middle-earth. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Melian is very, very important uh, later on. And from her descend quite a few characters that you maybe already know or that we will come to know across the series. And once again, Aloran is very, very important and well-loved. So hopefully we can get round to more of his doings as, uh, as the time goes on. But for now, thank you so much for listening once again to this episode of What on Middle Earth. We'll be back next time with a bit of a look into the enemy for all intents and purposes. We've covered the gods, the good, the Valar, who uh, look over all of life on Middle Earth and Arda. We have looked at the Maya, whose intentions are good and they serve the Valar in various ways and in various spheres of influence. But what about the enemy? We know of Melkor, but what about the others who are related to him and the related Maya, for that matter? Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate your time and your patience. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know how you are feeling about these episodes. And uh, I will see you all in the next one. Take care and have a great rest of your day.